are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, the final Pat's Pulpit Podcast of the 2021 season. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill breaking down what I guess can technically be called a playoff game between the Patriots and the Bills on Saturday (laughs) night, but I use the term game very, very loosely. Um, Rich Hill, I guess may as well tear this band-aid off and jump right into it. Uh, There's one word I can use, or one family-friendly word I can use to describe what we all watched on Saturday night, and that word is yuck. I have no (laughs) idea what happened. I am here hoping maybe you can give me some answers because I have racked my brain thinking what it was that we witnessed on Saturday night, and uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, is is there any solace in the fact that the Patriots weren't the only team to do that? Uh, obviously, that was the worst defensive performance of all time in the sense that the Bills offense pitched the first perfect game in NFL history where they did not punt, they did not kick a field goal, they did not turn the ball over. They had seven drives and scored seven touchdowns. No other team has done that in NFL history. So yes, the Patriots have the worst defensive performance all time. It happened on a big stage. Um, but, 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 uh, they're not alone in getting blown out. Of, of the six wild card games, the Patriots uh, were one of four blowouts. And according to the magic statistics, the win probability charts, uh, they didn't have the worst game. Uh, They are uh, currently, I I think the Eagles beat them by four seconds, and and they uh, lost the game four seconds earlier, and the Cardinals were done well before then, in the sense that uh, there were four games where one team had a 99% chance of victory early in the third quarter. And so Patriots were one of four. That uh, was a total snooze fest. And uh, yeah, we can break down what went wrong, but it's not as bad as, as you think because everyone feels bad today. Well, that's something I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, what a, what a lousy weekend of games. Other than the Raiders-Bengals game, which was awesome. Great game. Uh, most of the others were over by halftime, more or less. Very, very big disparity in competition. Makes you kind of question what the whole point of the extra seven seed in the playoffs was. But... We can talk about that later if you want. Let's just try and get into this Bills game and try and figure out what happened, Rich. Again, as you mentioned, there's really no explanation for it. It kind of reminds me of, I think it was Joe Thomas, the Browns' all-time great offensive lineman, who had this insane start streak where he played every single possible snap for years, which defied logic because you figure at one point, like, his shoe would come off or, like, he'd lose a glove and you have to take <laughs> one snap off to tie his shoe, but he managed to start every single game, every single snap. With the Bills, you figure, like, there'd be a dropped pass somewhere or, like, a weird bounce would, would stymie a drive that shouldn't be stymied. The Bills have not punted the last two games against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And what's weird to me is that it, it wasn't even, like, a blowout. I wrote about it in my fan notes. Like, I honestly felt like I was watching the Bills running plays in practice in August against a dummy defense. There's not one point where I felt remotely confident the Patriots were going to get a stop. Receivers were open by five, six yards. Josh Allen was barely pressured. I saw no adjustments. And if you turn this off at halftime, I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, 
The Bills were six for six on third down. Uh, the only third down that they didn't convert technically was when Trubisky kneeled it on the final play of the game. So we don't have to count that. Um, and, and that number to me says two things. One is that the Patriots couldn't get off the field on third down, which obviously the Bills didn't punt. Um, but to force a team into only six third downs over the course of the entire game shows that you don't have a good defense. You have a defense that puts them in favorable positions on second down so they can just convert and stay ahead of the chains every single time, which totally leads to that preseason feel because the Patriots couldn't even put the Bills into a difficult situation when they were on offense. And part of it is a testament to Josh Allen because he played lights out. Um, my favorite stat of his is that that final touchdown pass that he had, uh, I believe to their offensive lineman, lowered his passer rating from a perfect 158.3 to 157.6 uh, because a one-yard touchdown pass reduced his efficiency. Um, <laughs> so like that's the kind of night he was having. Um, but I, I think... What we know and what the Patriots have showed us this entire year is that uh, they have a very singular identity as a team. They want to run the ball really well, and they have a defense that plays much better when they have a lead because they can't stop the run. And when the Bills came out to that early two-score lead, 14-0, when Bill Belichick punted on fourth and one from, I believe it was the 36-yard line, that was when I could tell that New England had already conceded this game. Because uh, if you can't stop the run, then the Bills are going to put up the 170-plus rushing yards that they did. And they're going to continue to control the clock. And the Patriots, if they are trailing, they don't have the offensive skill players to mount a comeback like that if they can't rely on their rushing attack. And obviously, huge testament to the Bills because they stifled the, the Patriots' rushing attack at every turn. Um, so they couldn't even use that if they wanted to. Um, but I, I think that this game really emphasized all of the very glaring holes across the entire Patriots roster. Yeah, I mean, and, and this game, this, this 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 team was never meant to rely on their rookie to win it for them. You know, it took it took Tom Brady like ten years to have that 2011 team where the defense couldn't stop anybody, and they had to score in every single drive, and they had to rely on turnovers. They're just not really built that they weren't supposed to be. This is supposed to be a kind of bully ball, run the ball a lot, use the tight ends a lot, utilize Jonu Smith, which never happened all season, and not ask too much out of their rookie quarterback. And when you basically say, all right, rookie playing in his 18th game ever um you're gonna have to score touchdowns on every single drive it's just not gonna happen i don't think mac jones even played that badly i mean he had those two picks that that weren't great but he had a he had a decent night considering that he was only playing against basically one side of the field yeah it's just you know it, it's tough to sit here and try and analyze and break down what happened and there was some scenario where there was a, a dog fight and a couple of bounces or just there was a fundamental area where the Bills just capitalized on the Patriots' ability to maybe, you know, they were they were they were bad on the left side or something like that. But there's just no area in this game where I felt that New England came close to having an advantage. And the Bills did whatever they wanted, and you gotta just kinda take it on the chin, tip your cap and and bury this game deep, 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 deep and never think about it again. Yeah, I mean, this game was so brutal to watch as a Patriots fan that 
it kind of made me excited to watch the Bills for the rest of the postseason. I don't know. Oh. I, I feel like we I have enough like positive memories in the the fandom bank that like whatever we made it to the playoffs with a, a rookie quarterback. That's fantastic. I, I'm thrilled uh, in some with the outcome of the season. Uh, very disappointed with how it happened down the final stretch, like how it played out. Um, but net net, very good first year of a rebuild. Uh, so like. Great. I'm, I'm happy that Mac Jones is one of the illustrious rookie quarterbacks to take them there. Uh, but watching the Bills operate the way they have, knowing that they have been a fountain of misery and disappointment as a fandom and as a team and as a franchise for the better part of 20 years. Uh, and like, honestly, you go back 30 years before they were like super competitive, but I know that they were pretty good in the late 90s still, um, that I can't help but kind of root for them. I think I look at what's going on with the Bills here. I see the Bengals having a lot of success. I see the Titans with the first round bye. I'm kind of very excited for the rest of the postseason in the AFC because those three teams, Chiefs notwithstanding, are all teams that I could very much see myself rooting for in the Super Bowl uh, should they not be facing Tom Brady. I, I think that that would just be, they're just fun teams or great stories that I, I, I think uh, you know, if it's not the Patriots, then these are pretty good second options. I could not agree more. I have no animosity toward the Bills. I don't yeah, consider them it's not the Jets. Like rival. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. If, if there are any Bills fans gloat listening to this, you can kind of rub our faces in it. Great, congratulations. I wish I could sit here and say I'm all bitter because we lost to the Bills, but great for them. I'm, I'm excited. I'm with you. They're they're my AFC team going all the way through. I'm pulling hard for them. Again, I am a little worried what might happen should the Bills make the Super Bowl given the passion i'll say of bills mafia and what they tend to do <laughs> when they win games but i'll worry about that if and when it happens the bills are my non-brady led team in the playoffs i'm rooting for them i'm very happy for them it's cool to see um yeah I mean, it's been two decades of the shoe being on the other foot uh i don't know if the page has ever beaten the bills this badly honestly this is probably the worst beatdown i can remember on either side no matter who the winner is and to have it come in the playoffs is just uh Again, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it, it made it very obvious that that seventh game win streak we were all riding so high on. If you go back, kind of looking at it with 2020 hindsight, where they beat like the Jets and a banged up Panthers team and the Chargers who kind of choked it away. You know, it made you think maybe they weren't quite as good as we all made them out to be. Paper Tiger a little bit. But again, as you mentioned, I do think they're in good shape going forward. I think the pieces are in place for a serious run in another year or two. And there's a lot of optimism. They can just fix a few fundamental issues going forward. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. So how about this? Let's turn the page. 2021 season in the books. Congratulations to the Patriots for making the postseason. They have laid a great foundation for the, the rest of the year. I mean, in all honesty, I think that they've done a, a great job for, or not the rest of the year, but like for next season and moving forward. A lot of their key contributors that they brought in over the offseason are here on multi-year deals. Uh, whether it's like players that they've drafted, like Mac Jones and Christian Barr, Bartmore and Ramondre Stevenson. Those are all players that will be here for the next four plus years. But also like really good contributors. Hunter Henry, great addition. Kendrick Bourne, great addition. Both players, Jalen Mills, great addition. All players that will be here for a long time where perhaps this wasn't enough to win a Super Bowl this year, but they will be very important pieces for the team moving forward uh, over the next few years as Mac Jones continues to develop. 
and as the Patriots, uh, you know, turn the page from the, the previous dynasties and players like, you know, Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater start retiring in the next couple of years. And so huge testament to that. And, and with that in mind, Alec, let's recap this year. Let's recap with some superlatives. Uh, and I'm curious to know, who is your Patriots MVP from the 2021 season? That's a good question. You know, I mean, if you want to really emphasize the V in that, that, you know, valuable, which player added the most value to this team? Maybe not the most talented, maybe not the best player, but the one I think that was really the most value in terms of how the team was built, how the kind of overall kind of tone of the team. Um, and just given what I think is probably going to happen if I were a betting man going forward, I'm going to kind of dig deep in the well a little bit, and I'm going to give it to Matthew Slater um, mm. as a team leader, as a captain, as a player who'll be 37 next year and may very well retire. Uh, the, the the leadership he brought to the younger guys, the Patriot way he passed on to future generations of Patriots players, still an all-time great special teamer. I think what he, the foundation he laid in 2021, hopefully will bleed over into seasons 2022, 23, and beyond, and will kind of instill that next generation of, of Bill Belichick run teams teams showing him how he's done it uh, and if nothing else he, he kind of left that as part of his legacy so Slater's going to be my guy for those reasons oh I love that that's a great choice he, he is the heart of the team and he uh, continues to be extremely valuable he got named second team all pro this year uh, so I think that's his like fifth or sixth time being named an all pro he passed his dad this year so congrats um i'm gonna go with someone similar uh from an accolade standpoint and i'm gonna go with jc jackson uh, as my mvp second team all pro cornerback he is why the patriots defense was so good all year he was reliable he was consistent he was you know available which is more than you can say for a lot of other players on this patriots team uh, Patriots finished the season second in points allowed per drive, second in points overall. Uh, they had the second-ranked passing defense in the entire league, and J.C. Jackson was a huge part of that. He is a free agent after this year. I would love for New England to retain him, uh, but he is my choice for, for MVP. Um, and so thinking of that, Alec, going more towards a positional landscape, who are your offensive and defensive players of the year? Yeah, this is another good question. Again, I, I, I think I'm going to have to go – it's very hard not to pick Mac Jones as my offensive player of the year, coming in as a rookie, being a, a very strong rookie of the year candidate until Jamar Chase just kind of locked that up with an epic performance through the last half of the season. He's probably number two choice for rookie of the year, so it'll be hard um, for me not to pick him as my offensive player of the year. Uh, so I'm going to go with Mac Jones. In terms of defensive player of the year, I, I, again, I, I don't I don't want to be kind of a, a basic guy here, but how can you not go with Matthew Judon? I mean, he's going to kind of be on a couple of my superlatives list going forward if we go. I think we're way we're going. Uh, you know, he kind of faltered a bit down the stretch after coming up the COVID list. I don't know if it was a thing where you saw that Cam Newton brain fog or whatever. He didn't have the best close to the season, but he was an absolute force and kind of the linchpin of that defense for a long time. So, and again, they're both locked up long term. So Mac Jones and, and Matthew Judon are my guys. Love that. Love that. Um, I'm kind of going to hop around here a little bit because Mac Jones is my obvious rookie of the year choice here. Uh, he stepped into a very important role for the Patriots um, and, and he really excelled. But my offensive player of the year is Damian Harris. Uh, 15 touchdowns on the year, over a thousand yards from scrimmage. He was the most reliable part of the Patriots offense, the most consistent part of the Patriots offense. Um, and they were just better when he was available. I, I think Ramondre Stevenson has a lot of upside and has a very bright future with the team. But I think Damian Harris uh, 
is the guy. I, I think he's one of the most talented running backs in the entire league. Uh, and for the Patriots to rely on the ground and pound, he needed to be able to excel, and he did. Uh, he is the reason why they beat the Bills the first time around with that huge, huge run that he got. Uh, and, and I think he, outside of that fumble in like week one against the Dolphins, he had a tremendous season, uh, and he's my offensive player of the year. Defensive side, if I'm not going with J.C. Jackson, I'm going to go with Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar is also my most improved player of the year, but the way that he has emerged as one of the most reliable players in the Patriots' defense, uh, from uh, he can do a great job eliminating tight ends from the game, he's reliable against the run, he doesn't get exposed if he has to go back deep. It's like they, they took the best parts of, of Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty uh, and merged them together into one player. And I, I think that Duggar will continue to ascend, and honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year at this point in time we're all talking about Kyle Duggar as a, an all-pro candidate. Very possible. We're very curious to see if McCourty retires at the end of the year, if Duggar becomes the McCourty role, or if he's really sort of kind of more the, the Pat Chung role. I think he's capable of doing both, so I think that's a fantastic pick for, for that. Uh, my rookie of the year, I think this is basically a two-horse race in the Patriots between Mac Jones and Christian Barmore. You picked Jones, I'm taking Barmore. I really do think had Jones not excelled the way he did, uh, I think a lot more people around the league will be talking about Christian Barmore in the season he had as a rookie, but he was just so overshadowed by Mac Jones by the nature of the quarterback position that he didn't get the credit he deserved but he had a phenomenal rookie season and I think that only good things are going to happen from him I know we struggled against the run as a team I'm hoping he'll be able to help fill that role on the interior line for for years to come uh, let me ask you a question Rich um, I know we got a rookie of the year how about on the coaching staff I know Belichick is the mastermind but there's a lot of good assistant coaches who is your kind of non-Belichick coach of the year for New England yeah I mean my non-Belichick coach of the year I, I kind of want to lean towards Ivan Fears. If, if I'm being honest, Ivan Fears, uh, who very well could be retiring after the season. I don't know if you saw that video going around of the mic'd up, but Damien Harris was basically saying an emotional goodbye to him uh, after the game, saying, like, thank you for turning me into the person that I am today. 